WTBRFM, Pittsfield. Welcome to Ham on WTBR, the all-inclusive ham radio show for hams and non-hams alike. Be part of the show. Contact us on www.facebook.com slash hamjamtv. The hosts of the show, Peter and Jessica. Ham on. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. No, 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 no. Live from the WTBR studios here in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Quiet, Mr. We still have an hour till showtime. Yes, I sure <laughs> We have an hour till show. Yeah, we're not really, yeah, yeah, we're not yeah. really one, on the air. One minute in, and he's under the box. We're, we're not really on the air right now. One minute in, and he's under the bus. This is what he tells me three minutes before airtime. We still have an hour to go. Dude, it's almost noon. Dude, we start at 9. Do we really? Yes. Yeah, but a.m. or p.m.? A.m. Anyway, hello, oh, everybody. Day. Welcome to Ham on and WTBR from the hello. mighty WTBR studios in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, yes. <coughs> where I guess... Uh, <coughs> Later on today into tonight, we're uh, looking at a real bona fide nor'easter. No, really? You live in the northeast. What was your first clue? Twelve to fourteen inches. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that, aren't we? Ha- yeah, I love the timing because at least we can get this show done, get home, and then it can do whatever it wants to do because I don't have to come out again. Yeah, it's because Mother Nature went ahead and whipped out her bong, lit it, did one big rip, and said, sure, why the hell not? Well, it, it, it's like the empirical of 2020 now. This is the grand finale for yes, 2020 sir. right here. We started out with coronavirus, and it ended up with a, it ended up with a freaking murder hornet. <laughs> well, murder hornets never happened. Well, we had the coronavirus, and then the we, we thought we were going to have the mur- murder hornets. Yeah. We had a uh, very weird... We had very weird solar so, problems. Well, very weird uh, tropical season, I think. Yeah. Way too many name storms. Way too many. We started getting into the Greek alphabet. And now, the Nor'easter. But on a good note... Yes, because every month, 2020 goes, no. You, the previous month goes, no, you messed up. Hold my beer. Uh, even in space, things are going wacky. Okay, we've got, wacky. We, we've got, as, as we'll do in the, in, in the space weather, we've got a ton of space weather happening, yeah. solar flares and solar winds and that. We got the meteor shower that's happening. Yeah. And we've got what they call the Christmas star, ah. which Last scene was twelve twenty six A.D. and I guess it's not going to happen for another eight hundred years. But if you look on the western horizon, a little bit after a little bit after dark, you'll see Jupiter and Saturn together. We saw that the other night. Yeah, Jupiter being the the, the brightest, the brighter star, and Saturn being the not so bright star. That's the Christmas star, according to NASA and Soho and all these other people. 
So that's you can go out and look at that. Probably not for the next couple of nights with the snow, but on, on a clear night, you can see the, the Christmas star, Jupiter and Saturn, lined up together until Christmas Eve. Yeah, hence Christmas star. So there. So there. So Saturday, huh. Saturday we had our, our test. Yes. We had... Uh, well, you did. Uh, yeah, I'm. I was out. Sho- I was out shopping with mom with the crazy people, and I, I, was, <laughs> I was testing the crazy people. But uh, we had, as soon as I bring it up, um, we had the uh, our first no bark. No bark had their first remote testing. Yeah, and, and this is really an international thing because one of our VEs was actually up at one a.m. in Spain. Oh my god! <coughs> to to help us with this, and you were there for what five hours? There, oh, I feel sorry for that. Test man. started at one o'clock. Not everybody read. I feel uh, sorry for that man, woman, whoever it was. I feel so sorry. It, for it was them. a guy, and apparently not everybody read their emails because we had to wait for cell phones to come up and that. But it, it worked out right. We ended up with. One upgrade and three new hams. All I'm saying is the person from Spain had to be dog tired. So congratulations to uh, KC1NHG, Alex, who got up to uh, upgraded to general. And congratulations to Thomas Morelli. He's KD2VFW. Nice. Michael Maruk is KC1OHK, and John Ferraria, who's KC1, or, okay, Michael Maruk is KC1OHK, and John Ferraria is KC1OHJ. Well, I see where you got confused. Yeah, they're one letter off. And, yeah. you know, I'm kind of jealous because these guys got their call sign. I sent the stuff up to the ARRL Monday morning. Mm. By 4 o'clock in the afternoon, they had their licenses on Monday. Well, everything was digital, and when you did it, do you, do you have It took me two weeks. Yes, because they had to go through the physical copy. They had to wait for the mail to get two, there. Two, two weeks to get posted in the ULS. Yes, because they had to wait for the mail to get there. Two weeks. I know. And these guys get their call signs, like, right off the top. But it, it, was, it was a good session. We're going to, do a, we're going to have another session uh january 16th and we have a couple of spots open so if anybody wants to get in on the session you want to either upgrade david wyatt <laughs> if you're in the back or if you want to get your if anybody out there listening that's been with us for the past year and a half wants to get their license drop me an email kd2jkv uh, if you want to get your license upgrade let us know yeah, kd2jkv at gmail.com. And hopefully we'll hear these people on the Newcomers Roundtable next month. Now we actually have newcomers. Yeah, but it, it, yes, it was, it was yes. in case anybody is confused on the address, it is Kilo Delta 2, Kilo Delta 2, Juliet Kilo Victor. At well, I had you do it phonetically. Or else people will go, is that a G or is that a G or what? Is, uh, how do you do that? But what if people don't know what phonetics are? I am not a ham operator and I know what phonetics are. Okay, but you're you're around a couple of hams, literally. I knew <laughs> Figuratively and literally. That. What? 
They didn't. They taught that in history class when they were talking about the code breakers in World War II. They uh-huh. we did fanatics. Right, and, and most of the people that skipped that day. <laughs> a lot of people skipped a lot of days, but that's beside the point. So anyway, if you want to get on a test, it was great. It was a nice remote test. We went through Zoom. And I ha- knew somebody that skipped a month. And hamstudy.org. I skipped like a year. And hamstudy.org. And uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Um, we're not going to have as many this time as we did last time. We're only going to do one or two. Five yeah. was a bit much for uh, five hours of sitting in front of my computer watching people take their test. Yeah, because you had to do, what, an with, hour? With, for? With, with nine VEs. Well, no, because they didn't read the email where it says, have your cell phones ready. So we had to wait for people to get their cell phones out. And there's one guy who was... He's, he's going to blow up over here. There was one guy who was was trying to get it on his iPad, and I was on the phone. I probably and I finally sent him over to somebody who actually uh, has an iPad and could actually know how to get him up and get his test. That took a while, but most of the people didn't have their cell phones up and ready to go because the way we do it, the way the ARRL wants us to do it is you got to have one camera on your PC so we can see your eyes watching the screen. Make sure you're not diverting anywhere. And then a cell phone. Oh, off man, they'd be really screwed with me because I have ADHD and my eyes divert every. Then cell phone everywhere. off to the side, sort of like our cameras over here, off to the side so we can see what you're doing through the whole test. Like I said, they'd be screwed because I have ADHD and my attention is everywhere. One minute I'm okay, the next minute it's, oh, I see a squirrel in a corner. You do that in the studio during, That's dur- my during, problem. during the breaks. That's my that's my problem. I'm always hyper, so uh, yeah, they would have a big problem. Look directly at me. No, I don't want to. So, do you have news? Maybe. Would you like to do your news? Maybe. Well, you are listening to Ham on WTBR, and at least for now. I had to throw you under the bus. Uh, of course. But one minute in, I'm throwing you under well, the bus. One minute in. Well, I had space stuff, and I had ham stuff. Which one do you want? Uh, well, let's see. Since they kind of go hand in hand, let's uh, let, let, pick one. I don't care. Gee, thanks. You're you're do, loving. Do do the space stuff, because that can lead into um, our space weather, which we'll have coming up in a, in, in a little bit here. Uh, apparently, they came up with a Im, uh, an image rendering uh, system for the, na- for the National Solar Observatory. It's a, sta- it's a state-of-the-art active, uh, adaptive um, optic system and it provides uh, limited imaging and the ability to resolve to um, look at features 112 miles on the sun. Um, they figured out how to do. I mean, they figured out how to do to do it, and it gives the ability to observe uh, solar magnetic fields in small in small spaces on. The sun, and it's that, um, so that way they can measure sunspots. And they can look at how 
big they are and 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 how they look on the surface actually uh let me see sunspots apparently give off a striking appearance of coal of hot and cold gases spidering from a dark spidering from a dark center resulting in sculpting uh, intense magnetic fields and hot gases boiling from below. The temperature, the temperature, uh, in the dark area of the sunspot is cooler than the surrounding area of the sun, which is, uh, extremely hot, more than, four th more than 4,150 degrees Celsius or seven um, or seventy five hundred degrees Fahrenheit. The sunspot that they had found measures the ocean approximately ten ten uh, thousand miles across and that is just a tiny part of the sun. However the sunspot is Large is large enough that Earth could fit inside it comfortably. That is one sunspot. What? So one sunspot is about as big as the Earth. Well, cool. Holy crap! Uh, and of course, they say the sun has reached solar minimum time. The time of a few sunspots during its 11-year cycle in December of 2019. Solar maximum. For the current solar cycle is predicted in mid 2025. Cool. And that brings us up to our space weather, which we will do after the break. That will have, I recorded, or I had, I have a clip of this year's Santa Net, and I like to, to, to play them just so everybody knows what the Santa Net's all about. So we'll get into that a little bit later, but um, after the break, we'll have uh, an update on space weather. You're listening to Ham On and WTBR. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. Hi, this is Sean Sayre, Executive Director of PCTV. When Taconic High School was demolished, we could have lost this radio station. Instead, PCTV stepped in, built a new studio and transmitter, and gave the station new life. And now it's time to pay that back. Support this station today. Go to WTBRFM.com and click the donate button. You won't be sorry. Pittsfield Community Radio thanks you for your support. If you are turning 65 within the next year, it's time to start thinking about Medicare and your coverage options. Nationally, there are more than 55 million people on Medicare and each day nearly 10,000 new people enroll. Understanding how Medicare works and transitioning to new medical coverage can seem confusing and overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. That's where the Serving the Health Needs of Everyone or SHINE program at Elder Services of Berkshire County can help. SHINE counselors provide local, trusted, and unbiased help for Medicare beneficiaries, their families, and caregivers. Get face-to-face -face personalized guidance from trained and knowledgeable counselors who live in your area. Local, trusted, and unbiased help. If you are a current Medicare beneficiary, Shine Counselors can help with public benefits and coverage questions that often result in substantial cost savings. 
If you would like to schedule an appointment with a Shine Counselor, call Elder Services of Berkshire County at 413-499-0524. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Winter storm warning in effect from 4 p.m. this afternoon to 1 p.m. EST Thursday. Today, partly sunny this morning, then becoming mostly cloudy. Cold with highs in the lower 20s. East wind around 5 miles per hour. Tonight, snow. Snow may be heavy at times after midnight. Snow accumulation of 8 to 12 inches. Cold. Near steady temperature around 17. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Chance of snow near 100%. Wind chill values as low as zero. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. Goodwill Industries of the Berkshires and Southern Vermont runs comprehensive nationally certified retail or custodial training programs that include soft skills certification, job readiness skills coaching, suit yourself and certification award ceremony. Looking for a job? Looking for training to get a job? Goodwill can help. You can contact Goodwill at 413-442-0061 or go to our website at www.goodwill-berkshires.com. And we're back. And we're back. So you started with, with the weather, which is going to segue into our yeah. space weather here. Don't believe what's on there. It, it, they've updated it. I think it's 10 to 14 or 14 to 16 now. But 12. 12 to 16 or yeah, whatever Yeah, 12 to 16. So uh, enjoy today because tomorrow everybody could just sit home and, and uh, have hot cocoa, watch TV, and watch the snowfall a lot. Oh, and we so can all sing together, part. all the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so... Never mind. Except for that one person out there with the shovel center going, I hate this weather, I hate this weather, I hate this weather. All right, so we're going to go to our space weather and tell you what else is going on up in the stars and in the atmosphere. So stick around. We'll be back after the space weather. Oh, Allegedly. Let's get started with our star at spaceweathernews.com and we find the last day mostly quiet but for the pop on the south. Northern coronal hole incoming top left. That pop on the south was not a significant CME maker, just another practice run for when it seeks to eject larger filaments deeper into the sunspot cycle. The solar wind analysis needs only two items identified here. Top left, purple line, plasma speed is dropping, and bottom right, the green bars show the KP index is all quiet. That's the measure of the magnetic field under the influence of the solar wind. Top quake of the day, 6.1 in the Philippines. There had been numerous blood echoes in the region and the global electric circuit was pulling into lows to the south. But those lows were nothing like the low in Oceania. Category 5 this morning. Strong storm has a sister nearby, but the big dog is taking on Fiji. Expect tremendous rains and landslides to follow, along with inundation in low-lying areas. This is the Himawari satellite in infrared and capturing the low-level water vapor. Speaking of storms, Typhoon Trammy has been diced up in data by Tempest and the Rain Cube. They work together to dissect and diagnose the water within a given storm, and they offer both the horizontal and vertical profiles of the return. Trammy was also Category 5, a super typhoon, and it slammed Japan back in 2018. Up next, we're going way, way out into space. 
literally as far as they say our technology can see. This does officially put it in the class of objects that challenges the timeline of the Big Bang. These objects like the supermassive quasars and the supermassive galaxy clusters just came together too quickly for the Big Bang to have happened the way they say it did. Up next, the oceans. Turns out they are also a major source of bias just like CO2. Over time, the overfocus on anthropogenic factors shows unreasonable warming in the models. It always has. And it has never happened. That would be like Al Gore's Arctic Ice Free by the year 2000 claim. Those scariest ones that never seem to happen are biased to human forcing and too uncertain and under-inclusive of natural variability. The decadal patterns identified in this work are the ones repeatedly shown to be modulated by the sunspot cycle. And last but not least, we've got our eye firmly fixed on Neptune. The event that just happened there defies much of known science and its explanation possibilities are few and terrifying. Neptune and its moon Triton may not be the gas giants that Jupiter and Saturn are, but it is still a beast. We've seen major auroral and storm events on the blue planet, but nothing like what the most famous Neptunian storm just did. It's now going the wrong way. Imagine if hurricanes started going from Africa to the Caribbean and then just turned right around and slammed into Africa. Imagine if one ran up towards Nova Scotia and then stopped and went back down the east coast of the United States. Storm patterns on Neptune are known and well modeled. The storms form at higher mid-latitude and then go towards the equator, where they dissipate like earthly storms do as they approach the polar region. Except the famous dark storm from 2018 has stopped turned around, and is no longer heading towards its own destruction at the equator, but rather is heading back towards the polar region. Folks, this is weather. Major patterns don't just shift like this for no reason, and the reason screams that Neptune has succumbed as Pluto has, and the nearby stars have, to the galactic current sheet, as the interior planets are on their way to doing as well in the ongoing cosmic disaster. The stars towards the center of the galaxy have already had record outbursts, the planets are all changing magnetically. Pluto collapsed already, and a magnetic collapse or reversal at Neptune is a great way to explain the reversal of atmospheric phenomena. It is indeed a prediction during the magnetic event as well. Folks, the Cosmic Disaster Playlist has all the details of where this fits in, including the solar system shift and the cycle we're about to reset now. Watch that playlist on our channel. Okay, I think actually we played the wrong clip. But that's okay. Really? 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 But that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll survive. It's okay. It's good. Okay. So anyway, we're going to... We don't know what happened. We have no clue what happened to the space weather, but that was kind of uh -huh. cool. They had to have that in there. We're, we're also uh, going to... What? I got something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't uh, wait on me. The gem, what is it? Gemid, gemidens? The geminids, the, the, yeah, you got it. Go ahead. Are a pro, prolific meteor shower caused by the object 3200, uh, Panthenon, which was thought to be a polydon uh, asteroid or a with a rock comet orbit. This would make the Gemidans together the 
Quadadin, the only <clears throat> the only major meteor showers not originated from a comet. They are the biggest meteor shower meteor shower of the year. They normally occur between the fourth of December and the seventeenth of December. The peak was peak was on the fourteenth of December. Expect and ham radio operators were expected to have FM pings and hopefully interesting DX opportunities during it. What is a ping? Ping. Hi. What, I, what is an FM ping? What what, what is that? I, I, what are we talking about? For Soho? No, for radio from meteor showers. Oh, you get just little blasts of static. Yeah. And you can actually bounce your signal off the meteors if if you know what you're doing. Um, you'll know if you're on if you're on FM radio or on ham radio or whatever. You hear, you'll be little like. Pssst, oh, like pssst. during a thunderstorm. Yeah, kind of. All right, so that was pretty cool. That was cool. Um, we know this is setting that's going on. It goes on every year, and I like to play little clips from the Santa Net. Um, it's on 3.971, I think. I'll give you the information later. Um, uh, 3.916. There you go. There it is. 3.916 every night up until Christmas Eve. And we re and this was recorded uh, on the 6th of December. So here's a little bit from the Santa Net. Yay. Thank you. 
Hunter, can we climb up with you? Hi. Can we climb up with you? Yes. Oh, ho, ho, I climb up. So 3.916 for the Santa Net. That was a little piece from the Santa Net. That was very cute. Wasn't um, it? It's a good way to get the kids involved, especially in the pandemic. We do it. And, and they've done I know it. that we did it before for our, my, for, uh, my nieces. We went ahead and got them involved in the Santa Net. So for, for, for one of the year. anybody interested, the, the the 3916 net, the Santa net, is on nightly at 7.15 p.m. Central, 8.15 p.m. local. It started on November 27th and will run through Christmas Eve. And you've heard the voices in there, KE5GGY of the uh, 3916 nets. Uh, Christmas time, we enjoyed helping the young people and their families have a shared Christmas experience. Uh, always remember, and the kids, the kids have fun. And, and like you said, we had our grand, our granddaughters on there one year, and they were talking to Santa, and they had they had a blast, and, and it gets them into radio, and uh, and thing and think about it, you can go ahead and tell them. Well, Santa's just practicing good calm. Good COVID practices, and he's doing it through the radio this year instead of um, instead of on a note yes. or writing Santa. You know. Yes. So as we were talking about the Christmas star, and I, and I found this. It says this month, stargazers across the world will be treated to an event that only happens once every nineteen point six years. On average, on, on, 21, on December 21st, Jupiter and Saturn will appear in the same place in the night sky in an event called the Great Conjunction. You can see it now starting to put together. That's what they yeah. call a Christmas star now. 
um, yeah. the two plants. But what this is going to be, these two are going to be like right, right to each other. These two so-called gas giants of our solar system, which are usually bright enough to see with the naked eye, even from the light polluted heart of a city, will align as Earth, as seen from Earth, to look. Like one extremely bright planet. This year, the pair, the pair will be just 0.1 degrees apart in the sky, making it the closest such event since 1623. For reference, the diameter of the full moon in the sky spans around 0.5 degrees as we see it from Earth. The next time these planets will be visible, uh, this close together in the night sky will be the year 2080. Jupiter and Saturn are the most distant of the planets that can be seen easily with the naked eye. Uranus is only visible this way in particularly dark skies. I didn't name it. And you always need binoculars or a telescope to see Neptune. Because Jupiter and Saturn are the furthest from the sun of all the naked eye planets, the orbit, they orbit the slowest. It takes almost 30 years of Saturn to do a loop around the sun. Which Jupiter takes about 12. This is why conjunctions between the two are the rarest of these, betw- of these between all the easily visible planets. So Where to look for the great conjunction? While the event itself takes place on 21 December, the planets will be close in the sky in the days leading up to it and afterwards. To see the conjunction, look southwest as soon as the sun sets and find the brightest thing you can see because the timing coincides with the winter solstice. The shortest day of the year. In the northern hemisphere, sunset will be early. Jupiter and Saturn will be low in the sky and will set quickly. So make sure you have a good view of the western horizon to catch them. If you have a pair of binoculars on hand, the two will be visible as separate planets. Saturn will be above and to the left of Jupiter in the northern hemisphere and below and to the right in the southern hemisphere. But if your binoculars are powerful enough, a minimum magnification of seven, you might even catch a view of Jupiter's four Galilean moons in the northern hemisphere, two of which of these, Callisto and Conamede, will be on the left of Jupiter. On Jupiter's right, much closer to the planet, you could see Io and Europa. In the southern hemisphere, the moons will line up in the opposite direction to this. For stargazers with a telescope, if you can spot the plants before they dip too low in, on the horizon, the view will certainly be worth it, and it isn't something you will be lucky enough to see often. Saturn, its rings, and some of its moons along with Jupiter, its great red spot and Galilean moons all visible at once. And we saw that. Yeah, we did. We saw, I mean, we, we just looked out our, to, the, to the west of uh, our house, and there yeah, it was. Which, yeah, which was over the creek, and it was going towards what, Seymour. Well, we're looking out towards Albany. Well, yeah. Out the west. Don't mind me. I'm having a day. You, you, you have all kinds of days. And and yeah and yes, there's no way to get around snickering anytime you hear Uranus. Okay. Really? Yes. Why? Because it's funny as hell. So do you have any more news over there? Maybe, kind of, sort of. Maybe, kind of, sort of? Maybe I do, maybe I don't. What to tell you? Do the news. Uh, A-R-I-S-S is celebrating uh, 
20 years of continuous operations on the ISS. Uh, 20, 20 years ago, on November uh, November the 13th, the, ex the Expedition 1 crew turned on the, uh, the ARISS Arison radio for the first time and completed several contacts with the ARISS ground stations around the world to, valid to validate the radio communications system. This, these inaugural contacts launched an incredible two decades operations journey on the ISS, enabling ARISS to inspire, engage, and educate our next generation of explorers and provide ham radio and the ham radio community a um, an opportunity and a platform for lifelong learning and experimentation. The celebration of the ISS 20th anniversary. Uh, ARISS was part of an ISS Research and Development Conference panel session entitled 20 Years of STEM Experiments on the ISS. There you go. Uh, a video developed for the panel session describes our pro describes the program uh, celebrates the 20, 20 year anniversary uh, conveys some key lessons learned over the 20 years and describes the ARISS um, team of vision team of vision vision for the future you can watch it uh, on um www.ariss.org uh 20 years of of continuous operations is a phenomenal phenomenal achievement but what makes it even more extraordinary is that ARISS has achieved this through hundred through hundreds of volunteers that are passionate and paying it forward to our youth and ham radio community. On behalf of the ARISS International Team, I would like to express our heartfelt thanks to every volunteer that has made has made it such a amazing success over twenty years. Your past your passion, your drive, creativity, spirit made it happen. Congratulations, ARISS team. And that is from Frank H. Bauer, KA3HDO of the ARISS. And, and, that's, and that's really a, a wonderful, wonderful program. It is. Because it allows students to get together and they can actually talk to the ISS through through ham radio. You set it up through ARIS, and, and they and set it up through NASA, and you'll get a pass. You'll know when your pass is. You have about 10 minutes. 
exactly. on the path, and and you could actually talk to the ISS. Any, anything to keep the kids in radio, from the Santa net to talking to the ISS. Exactly, and like they said before, it helps. You know, it helps out with their STEM, with the STEM program, which is science, tech, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Ham radio is one is one of the only hobbies that actually uses all four of them. And. And as you grow up, you could, you too could have a show like this on the air on your local radio station, just like we have. I hit my microphone. Rare be the hour of radio, we get to rant and rave and, and talk about ham radio, or two hours of radio, doing our Beatles show. We spent ten minutes ranting and raving about the snow. Oh, we can still rant and rave about the snow. Oh, we got twenty God. minutes left. <laughs> you want you want to rant and rave about the snow? <laughs> but Eris well, is, is, is really good. Um, you know, I've I've been in radio in one way or the other, many 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 moons, from shortwave to CB radio to this or the ham radio to now this. Yeah, because you what you started with shortwave with a little with Grandpa's old shortwave radio. Yeah, uh, 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 and, and I got into that, and I started listening to, to shortwave radio and listening to all these these stations that were on, like you know, CRI in China and and yeah. BBC and Radio Taiwan and Radio Australia and wherever else, and and that was kind of fascinating. Off the little the little. Uh, uh, adjustable antenna that came with the with the radio. <laughs> I mean, this was my father's world band radio, and it was really, really old before I got it. God, and, I hope so. Uh, he had um, he had that what thirty, forty, some odd years before you were even created. I, I I don't know. I don't think it's that old. It wasn't a tube set. It was solid state, so it was... No, I mean, he, he had that a few years before you. Probably. <laughs> and then from there, I said, hey, re receiving is really cool. How about transmitting? And that's when I got... And that's when uh, CB was all the rage. I mean, all the rage. And, and we, we've talked about this, but we haven't talked about it in depth. I mean, back in the 70s and the 80s, CB was all the rage. Well, yeah, like I said, you had what? You had Cannonball Run, which did it. You had which had CB in it. You had Smokey and the Bandit, which had CB in it because Bandit used CB radio. Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard had had it. BJ and the Bear. Yep. B B We're B dating ourselves Bear. here. And then you had the music, right? You had C.W. McCall and Carnboy. Yeah. You had. Red Sovine and Phantom 309 and Teddy, Bear. and Teddy Bear. So you had all these songs. You had uh, songs, movies, shows. And, uh, yeah, and every everywhere you went, there were antennas. Exactly. Where it was on a car, it was on top of houses, and and it was all. I mean, it was it, it was all the rage. I mean, it was you know. Radio Shack was in full bloom. Yeah. They they sold all kinds of radios and, yeah, and parts I and everything saw for it. I mean, when it had a resurgence in the nineties, you couldn't swing a dead cat without finding a uh, magmount antenna on top of somebody's car. And, or it's, re and, and it's really really sad that we gave twenty seven megahertz 
11 meters. It's 15 minutes of fame for 10, 20 plus years. About, yeah. And it's very hard. I mean, it went from the 70s, 80s to about mid 90 I'd say about mid 90s. It, it was very hard to find anything amateur radio outside of Last Man Standing. Exactly. And the show Frequency. But I don't remember <coughs> all all the regulations that CB that uh, amateur radio has. I mean, CB radio people just put antennas up everywhere. Yeah, there were you. You couldn't, you know, you could walk like, walk down the like street. Said, there, there, there'd be CB antennas all over the place. Like I said, you had you had one. Jim, uh, since his grandparents, my sister's adopted, so. Everybody had one. Grandparent, since his grandparent Rita and Rita and Rob had one. Your friend, uh, we, your friend we, we, we could spend fifteen minutes going down the list, but everybody had everybody, one. Everybody and freaking had one. Everybody one could, everybody put antennas everywhere. Exactly. We didn't hear about regulations. We didn't hear about no. HOAs. You couldn't have antennas up. It no. comes to amateur radio and all of a sudden there's a ton of regulations yeah. about where you can put antennas where you can't put antennas all of a sudden back, they, all, all of a sudden the antennas turn into an eyesore and back when i did it when you bought the radio you got the license in the box you yeah, have you your temporary license which was your zip code Something like that, but um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you did. Uh. You you said you set your own temporary license up, and then you'd mail your you know they they have a mailer. You'd mail it into the FCC, and the FCC would actually give you a license. Yeah, and, and you'd have a CB radio license. Exactly. The you know, uh, and it, it was the rage. It was everywhere. You know, there was commercials oh, yeah. about selling CB radios and talking on CB radios, television shows, movies, you know, CB radio magazine, CQ magazine, which is still a publication. And, and you know, you get now you get to amateur radio, uh, and, and CB radio was shouted, and yes, I have one, yes, I'm a CB operator, hear yeah. me. And then you have the amateur radio operators now going, yes, I operate amateur radio, but shh, 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 don't tell anybody because it's but a secret. Let's keep it on the down low. Let's keep it on the down low. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we had radio. I mean, we had radio school radios in school. We're sitting in the station that used to be at Taconic High School. Yeah. What does that tell you when the high schools lose their radio programs? Exactly. When they. Going to build a new Taconic High School. Oh, we have no room for WTBR-FM. What do we do? Thank God for PCTV, who kept this station alive and built the new transmitter and and kept this radio station going. What, 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 you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it either. Why? Radio is getting such a bad name the since the 80s to now. You know, there was, it, back in school, there was AV school. Yeah. You know, where, where you'd run audio visuals. I, I, I remember a couple of years. Yeah. A couple of years of the, C, of the CB telephone, CP telephone over back in, in Albany when they were doing it locally at the Empire State Plaza Convention Center. 
And the overnight crew was Albany High School. The Albany, yeah, the audio and visual, audio and visual club from the high school. They would come in and, and run the cameras for the for the local for the local station WTEN when they were running the telephone. Uh, yeah, when I was still going to Albany High, they had the audio and visual club still going. So uh, somewhere, uh, and it has never been explained, and no one, and I don't think anybody can figure out that from about 1980 to 1990 to the 2000s, radio has become a bad word. Uh, yeah, we're talking about STEM. You talk it's about STEM today. We've talked about STEM. STEM started in the early 2000s. Right. There's STEM, you know, the whole big thing is STEM, but what people don't understand is, and, and Carol actually made a suggestion a couple of weeks ago, try to get somebody to who runs STEM on this show. And I think that's a very good idea. Yeah, it is. But, I, you know, how, how does radio not fit into STEM? I mean, we got 10 minutes. We can talk about this. Our and show's like done. Said, it, it goes ahead and it's one of the I mean, only I just, few hobbies that actually uses all four aspects of a STEM program. I just read, uh, you know, we, we heard that Santa that with, with, with the little kid that was talking to Santa. That gets, people, that gets him excited in radio. Maybe he'll be an operator. But I just read... Exactly. I think it was in Australia that a 13-year-old got her amateur radio license. Exactly. And she's one of the youngest people to get their license. I mean, I know there's right. a 9-year-old here in, here in the States that have their license. Exactly. I mean, come on. I went ahead when Star went ahead and, and my oldest niece goes and went ahead and messaged me. Hey, what are you doing? Can we, can we play Fortnite? I went in and said, no, not right now. Grandpa's doing his grandpa's doing his ham radio, and that she knew exactly what I was talking about. Well, you know. She said, she goes, and said her and goes, oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah, okay, all right, never mind. I don't want to interrupt Grandpa while he's doing it because she, she grew up with it. She knows what it is. She understands how important they are. Well, you know, you know what, what really kills amateur radio and a lot of this stuff is... Oh, I know. Okay. Back in the 80s and 90s, you really didn't have these things. No. And, and, kids, and, and kids are lazy today. Sorry. Yeah, true. It's true. They'll sit home. They'll play Fortnite. They'll play on their Switches. They'll play on their Xboxes. Right, do not, do not they'll, they'll, you know, they'll talk, you know, send messages on, on their cell phones. I know. And, and there are some of them that don't even know how to handwrite a letter anymore. Right, because because they're busy sending emails. Radio is, is perfect for STEM. Amateur radio is perfect for STEM. I mean, you know, let's look exactly. at let's look at my progress. I started listening in on shortwave. Yes. Then I got into CB. Yes. One of my first jobs was dispatcher for the Hudson Valley Auto Club for AAA. Yeah. In the you 80s. When it was on Delaware Avenue. Exactly. Worked, worked the overnight shift. Exactly. And, you, and, and that was radio involved because you had to yeah. call them up and say, you know, we got to get on the radio because I got a call for you. And then, you know, doing all, all that kind of stuff. And then in, in television production, when I was working... 
you know, volunteering for the CP Telethon for 10 years from going from just there during the day to cue cards to actually being part of Channel 10 production where I was there for, you know, Friday night when the equipment rolled in into the uh, Empire State Convention Center to Sunday morning to Sunday night night when it went off the air at seven o'clock, 20 hours of telethon live you know and this is when john ritter god rest his soul was doing national and breaking not only and and then not just breaking it breaking it down and taking stuff back to channel 10 you know these are days of the of dick wood and when marcy elliott was running the show and and dick wood was there And, and then and then when i went to california i was doing the mda telethon with jerry lewis from KT because he did his show. He did his show from KTLA in Los Angeles. And also, you went ahead and did radio when you you also went ahead and were Charlie Company when you went to Desert Storm. Right, right, and and, and my my MOS in, in the Army was was Charlie um, Charlie Company, which, which was communications, which was in headquarters. So doing, you know, talking to you the DOD talk, and yeah. sending cryptid messages and, and and getting orders from the DOD out to the out to the field, and it all started and it all stemmed from those days. I sit in my basement and listen to the world on radio. Exactly. And now, here I am sitting in a radio studio <laughs> in Pittsfield, Mass, doing three hours of radio. A week. Exactly. So it, it leads to other things. And I can't understand for the life of me why schools don't want to do this anymore. I, I don't understand either. When, when, you know, we're sitting in what used to be a high school radio station. And now it's a community radio station. And I, I've, I've had conversations with this, and I, we'll bring this up. I'm going to go to a break real quick. Um, when we come back, we'll, we'll, finish, we'll finish this. Look at him, he's heading for that small moon. That's no moon. It's a station. I think you're right. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh, Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh, Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. As humans, we ask ourselves all kinds of questions. But what if we were forced to ask ourselves a question? every day that affected the outcome of the most basic things, the most important things in our lives. The question is, what is your sexual orientation or gender identity? And the answer is the difference between keeping your job or getting fired. The answer is the difference between staying in your home or getting evicted. The answer is the difference between receiving medical treatment or not. Because in 30 states, it's legal to discriminate against people based on their answer to this question. LGBT Americans have the right to say, I do, 
but they don't have the same basic rights as everyone else. Get the facts at beyondido.org. Brought to you by the Gill Foundation and the Ad Council. WTBR radar weather for the Pittsfield area. Winter storm warning in effect from 4 p.m. this afternoon to 1 p.m. EST Thursday. Today, partly sunny this morning, then becoming mostly cloudy. Cold with highs in the lower 20s. East wind around 5 miles per hour. Tonight, snow. Snow may be heavy at times after midnight. Snow accumulation of 8 to 12 inches. Cold. Near steady temperature around 17. East wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts up to 25 miles per hour. Chance of snow near 100%. Wind chill values as low as zero. Weather forecasts for WTBRFM are provided by the National Weather Service. You have chosen wisely. WTBR. And we're back really quick because we're running out of airtime here. We got about three minutes now. <laughs> but we we're holding a discussion about STEM and all that. Yes. Think about this. Okay, we'll get to your point in just one second. Okay. But think about this. It was amateur radio operators who first heard the distress call from the Titanic. It was CW. It was CW. So, but they, they were the first ones to hear because it went out over amateur radio. Exactly. It was the first, they were the first ones to hear, but, but because the airwaves were so jammed because you didn't need a license back then. And exactly. Nine million people were on all at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's how they came up with the getting the license stuff so that people wouldn't jam up the airwaves. But go ahead. You, you had mentioned something, too. Oh, yeah. I've been, I was talking to, um, to Dad and actually a, in pop culture. In the movie, in the uh, Steven Spielberg movie Lincoln, um, a, um, President Abe Lincoln was getting a trans had to transmit about the Civil War. He had to transmit when the war was getting ready, and he had to transmit when the war was starting, and hearing word when the war was starting. And CW, it was done by CW. All of it was done by CW. That's how he got the word from his generals that the war had started, where it had started, and what time it started. That was the message that was transmitted to, that was being transmitted to his generals. And the funny, and the funniest thing is, yes, the actor was Adam, but he was Adam Driver. But he also had to learn... For those of you who don't, don't know, that's Kylo, Kylo Ren. Ren. Went ahead and had to learn... Okay, we got about a minute. Speed Sorry. this up. He had to learn CW and actually how to transmit from a ham radio operator. Okay, thank you. It took you two minutes to do that. To make it look professional. Okay, we got to go. We've got, we've got like 20 seconds here or 30 seconds left on the air. I'm sorry. So say goodbye, Sam Driver. Okay. Ah, you're funny. Kylo Ren. Yes, um, right. what, what we I was will... getting at is he actually had to learn right. how to do it. All right, Monday, 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 Beatles Forever on WTBRFM. Yeah. And don't forget, Thursday, December 24th will be the Christmas show. We, we, yeah. we will be on for two hours, I think, uh, two to four Yeah, we're on, and everybody else um, will be on. Yeah, yeah two to four. four. So we'll, 